Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. Mother's Day at City Life, it's become an annual tradition. I'm always uh, a little hesitant to use the word tradition because that can imply we're going to do it forever. <laughs> but it, it, every year it is something that when Mother's Day comes around, it is important to us that we get just a little flower and hand it to every single woman who walks through the building, no matter what age, to celebrate women today on Mother's Day. And so all of the ladies in the building, happy Mother's Day. You might think, well, I'm not a mom. Come on, you represent momhood to the world. And today can also be grieving. You might miss your mom or a grandparent or a mother figure, and God is here for that thought. I text my dad this morning, you know, just thinking about, man, he misses his mom, you know? And uh, like, I love her. It's from grandma. Grandma taught us how uh, my love for cooking popcorn on the stove is from grandma Veerling. And so shout out to her and, uh, you know, Nana and uh, the people who have, uh, you know, entered eternity. Man, God is here, uh, right here today on this Mother's Day. Um, the, the kids wanted me to really do this, Kingston Love in particular. He's like, he wanted mom to preach so bad today. And mom wasn't like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm in the saddle today. I don't think that's me. I don't know if I'm preaching today. And on Mother's Day, we want, you know, we want her to be, light lift, how can we help serve you, and how can we serve, you know, my mom, and happy Mother's Day, so we're going to be eating later, but, but I said, Kingston, I'll call mom to stage, okay, I'll just call mom to stage, so come here, Crystal, real quick, we, we love, we, <laughs> come on, you want to just, look, you don't have to preach, but it, it, Kingston, Kingston Love says, hey, just, you represent the ladies in the building right here, right now, <laughs> Okay. Love you. Love you. Anything you want to tell everybody? You love them at home? You love them too? All right. Well, welcome. Wherever you're at in the room, wherever you're tuning in, we are going to continue over the course of the next few months going through who we are as a people. Think of class of DNA, what's core competency of the culture here, and what is the techniques, where does that come from, the theology that informs our methodology and our philosophies, kind of the city life catechism, if you will. And there's a magazine that on Vision Sunday last week, we dropped that magazine, and the QR code is right on the screen, and I want everyone to take a chance. You can download this and continue to go through this resource in the weeks ahead. We're working on getting some physical copies. The, the, it's a pretty thick magazine, and the, the cost is going to be somewhere between 7 to $10 per mag, and we'll have those available next week. And if you can't afford one, by all means, the, the team will make sure you get one. But th this will prepare you for next week, that if you want to come, you want a physical copy, those will be printed and available next week for purchase so that we can go through the guide in the weeks and month ahead. Vision Sunday saying, hey, it's not about what's next. It's about more of learning who we are, enjoying what is. And there was one announcement we made for the all-internship, and there was such a 
great response already. There's already seven applicants that have said, I'm going to put the, I'm going to put some feet to what I feel is happening with faith, and I'm going to apply. I thought that was such a powerful response of just people saying, man, I want all of Jesus. I, I think this year is not a year where we're only going to learn more of who we are and get stronger in our root system, but it's also so that God can prepare us where he wants to take us, of what's around the next corner. And that can only grow. We can, we can never lead someone in, 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 in a way that we're not um, being led ourselves. Not works-based, of course, but, but maturing, going from spiritual milk to meat, and growing in the process, trusting as we abide in the vine of Christ. Today is kicking off, we are, with the vision section, we are a good news church. That's who we are. We are a good news church. The gospel changes everything and is central to our gatherings, formation, and holistically how we serve one another. We are a people in Jesus, not a building. We are the ecclesia, the bride of Christ. We are a good news church. When you think church, what comes to mind? We pray today we will be in awe of God's church. Not perfect, but God's, sacred, his, his bride. And every time we gather, we are stirring one another up. Look at how Hebrews puts it. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So when we end services and we say, and we won't stop until he makes all things new, it's because he's going to return. It's not on our effort but it's just as a people, we, the bride of Christ. What do we mean by that? Uh, the movement of God isn't going to stop until he returns. And I want to be a part of what he's doing, which is why I need to be calibrated weekly, daily, hourly. We're sheep. We're prone to wander. So this body here is an expression of God's global church here locally. So we are a church, we say. The ecclesia or the ecclesia. It's pronounced and spelled either with K's or C's. You'll see it both ways. We sometimes use it in both ways, which means a bride. And that's, we're a part of the global church. So we're not the church. City life isn't the church. We're not saying we're the way. We're the church. Jesus is the way, and it's the church that he's building globally, and city life is a church in that. And it's like, oh, does that matter that much? Yes, it really does. And the church is the Lord's vehicle of what he wants to do and move through earth. Look at Ephesians 3.10. We're going to get a lot of scripture, so grab your journals. And, and I'm not saying every week's going to be like this, but, but for sure today, we're diving into the text. And you might want to uh, screenshot something and say, oh, I, need, I want to dive into that later. I want to marinate on that. 
Ephesians 3.10 says, so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Through the what? The church. The message translation says, this is my life work. Picture this. This is my life work. Paul's telling them, my life work. What's your life work? Helping people understand and respond to this message. It came as a sheer gift to me. Grace, a real surprise. God handling all the details when it came to presenting the message to people who had no background in God's way. The Gentiles. I was the least of qualified of any of the available Christians. I love that. It's like, what? God, I can't do it. God saw to it that I was equipped, but you can be sure that it had nothing to do with my natural abilities. And so here I am, preaching and writing about things that are way over my head. The inexhaustible riches and generosity of Christ. My task is to bring out in the open and make plain what God, who created all this in the first place, has been doing in secret. It's like, shh, what's God been up to? And I know we have felt this in our life. God, if you're real, prove yourself. Well, he has time and time again in our own lives, and he has throughout all of history. But the greatest work he was doing was in secret. And it continues, and behind the scenes all along. So what has God been doing for generations and generations and generations and thousands and thousands and thousands of years? Through followers of Jesus, like yourselves, gathered in churches, this extraordinary plan of God is becoming known and talked about even among the angels. When I read the Bible, there are so many moments that is so unlike day-to-day common practice in life or what I see online. And to pause in awe of what in the world this text means is that us, followers of Jesus, gathered as a church and as a people, this is what God was doing behind the scenes all along. That even the angels have chatter about this right here, right now. This is sacred stuff. Sacred. We use the phrase sometimes, and it's, it's, it's just kind of like a, it's just a catchy slogan kind of taken from this, this, this passage, which is, the local church is the hope of the universe, hope of the world. It's God's plan A. There is no plan B. It's what God has been doing in secret behind the scenes all along. Me and you are like, whoa. Even when we say here, like membership, we'll say serving is like the dream team. We call it the dream team because we believe that God's dream 
is that we would be on a team, which is his family, together serving and loving and proclaiming. Because ultimately, if you had to boil it down, what are we doing? We're here to proclaim the good news, grow in that, and make disciples. In the weeks ahead, we'll talk about how, why we gather and our formation strategy for discipleship to grow and then to go and yeah, yeah, yeah. But the essence is because we believe in the people of what God is doing, that this is what he wants. This is the only institution in the world that exists to proclaim the good news and make disciples. And we can talk about how or where and all the specifics, but is the literally only. And there's a reverence. And that doesn't downplay the the day-to-day, all the things that we have our hands to. No, that's all-encompassing too. Now, a mistake, what has happened in church culture sometimes is it's a spectrum. You know, you, uh, you take care of God's house and he'll take care of you and then you serve at the church all the time and you're not at the home and it's just, ne- it's just never that, never that. Um, it's a holistic worldview in our everything we do in our life. We are the church everywhere we go. There's been a phrase we've said as veerlings in our household though in light of these convictions is local church, local church. Local church, local church. That means in our household, the local church that's there, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. But then as for the people that we're a part of locally, the A church, the expression, the body that we're in, local church. And then, of course, family, friends, and everything, but, but rooted in Jesus is the only things that are going to last. And I can see, oh, someone's like, dang, don't you care about people? yes. So much so that there's a truck outside that takes ice cream this summer that just tells people, hey, you're loved, belong, and have purpose, no strings attached. Here's an ice cream cone or a block party on the weekend. We want everything to benefit all people, but do good to everyone, especially to the household of faith. There's a priority on God's church. So here is five truths about what in the world the church is, the church. What is the church? Number one, the church, the ecclesia is God's people who are followers of Jesus. So it's not a building. Ecclesia meaning it's a gathering of citizens or those that are summoned, those that have been set apart by Christ and they are called out ones out of their homes into some public place that people can see. Every time, even when you leave your house, your neighbors, because Lansing low-key doesn't let you know that people know everything you're doing because they're not, it's just not a lot of outside traffic. It's not a lot of uh, sidewalk walking, but then um, there is like low-key window stalking going on. It's just people see you, and then when you talk to your neighbor, if you haven't talked to them in a while, and they're like, yeah, I noticed this, 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 you're like, how'd you notice that? I didn't even know anyone lived in that house. I mean, it's just the culture here. It's a different vibe than when we were traveling this summer in the south, and 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 point is, every time we leave together, that's a statement. Where are they going? Where are they going? Oh, they're gathering as a people, called out of their homes into some public place. It's like, oh, as followers of Jesus, this is the church. It's God's people. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, it says, I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, which with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the spirit of unity in the bond of peace. There is one body 
in one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And then there's a couple more passages that are in the magazine um, that deal with just the body and unity and the oneness. So we say, hey, we are a good news church, and this year we are, and we have all uh, of these uh, steps of how we flesh that out here as a people, but we are one. We are one in God. And Romans 12, 4 says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, many, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to, this is so powerful, the grace given to us. Gifts are a grace, meaning we've received them, and we get to unlock of how God has prepared in advance the gifts that he has for us as we're in Christ Jesus. So this is, okay, what's my calling? What's my calling? Or anytime we start to compare, comparison is the thief of joy. Identity is the fullness of joy. And identity can only be found in Christ because we are God's. And as we're born again, unlock new creatures, we're walking out this, this, this uh, divine orchestration in our life and what is God's will for our life and we can say, do we fit in one of these categories? But ultimately, it's the, it's the grace of God that's been given to us. That's how Paul earlier wrote. I, I, in my natural abilities, I can't do it, but God must have saw fit that I could preach to the Gentiles. Because that through the church, this vehicle, of many different types of people, many different methods, but there's only one message, the good news of Jesus. So our gifts differ. If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service, in our serving, the one who teaches and is teaching. And of course, there's overlap. There's not, there's none of this, you can only be one, right? I mean, we're all ultimately all called to just serve each other. The one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. The body here is just beautiful. And I'm going to skip the Corinthians passage. You can read that. Uh, we're going to revisit that more and more and more. It's in the magazine to marinate later. And as this ecclesia of people, followers of Jesus, there is many subpoints and truths that are, 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 are at play. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are followers of Jesus. We're a people. The church is also very diverse. God's not mad at homogenous expressions or outlets, and we all need uh, places where that can Reality can play out, but ultimate, uh, I, I've always been inspired by ultimate realities, meaning, okay, what is ultimately true? Is that 
God made everyone on this planet. That's ultimately true. There's 8 billion of us in all types of cultures and nationalities and ethnicities and, and so many nuances in between. And God cares about all people. And how can I taste that more now today? And, and that's been our passion here at City Life is to be intentional towards that. You know, and uh, for, so for racial diversity, for cultural diversity, for economic diversity, the church is diverse. Because ultimate things, Revelation 7-9 says this. After this, I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne, before the Lamb. Look at this. This is the church. This is the eternal church, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. We're going to be worshiping forever with a whole bunch of people across this planet. That's better than any Airbnb trip we'll ever have. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. And the more we can do that here, how amazing to be intentional to pursue one another. Number two, another truth about the church. Jesus is the head of the church. Colossians 1:17. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together, and he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. And the word church there in Greek, ecclesia again, a people, followers of Jesus, not a building, but the called out ones, those that are summoned, uh, Christians, the followers of Jesus. Jesus is the head of the church. Well, then at some level, if we're critically thinking, we say, well, if he's the head of the church, why do we have leaders, you know? Why? I don't understand. God, it is infinite wisdom decided to put order and structure in things here and uh and before we get to that it it it's because like look jesus not only is the head of the church he's going to build his church and he tells peter in matthew 16 18 about himself and i tell you you are peter on this rock i will build my church meaning i am going to use people and this is so crazy because peter had just denied jesus three times so when I was like, well, I'm not good enough to be used by God. Look, that's a mockery of the gospel for each one of us. And we rebuke that in Jesus Christ's name. Now, shame is real. Fear is real. Guilt is real. But just like the worship song said, goodbye, shame. Goodbye, guilt. Goodbye, fear. Hello, love. Hello, peace. Hello, joy. So not based on Peter's own merit because he's unable to muster up the courage. He's feeling what it's like to take the ultimate L. Roll with Jesus, your boy gets betrayed, you see it happening before your eyes, you deny him three times, and here he comes back, you know, all these moments. So this is what Peter's reminding him, though, like even before all of this, is setting Peter up and just, and he can probably go back to all the moments where Jesus was preparing him, because he wanted to use him. God actually wants to use me and you. Profound. And where and how does he want to use you? Yes. When you leave this place, everywhere you go, quality dairy, no matter what, he's just, okay, and that's where Holy Spirit comes into play. But he tells him, look, I'm going to build my church, but I'm going to use you, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Another sermon, another day, but if you notice, the gates of hell, gates are not offensive weapons. Sometimes we talk too much about what the devil's doing when we're meant to be on the offense because Jesus is building his church through me and you. Come on, buddy. Come on, somebody. You got to just come on. Give it up. Jesus is the head of the church, and he's building his church. Number three. Y'all still in it? Okay, cool. Let me class. It gets like uh, a little bite-sized taste of the internship. 
That's why if you've ever met any of the intern grads, they are just they're prolific because the concentration and immersion, there's no substitution for incarnation, uh, learning, and uh, proximity. And that's what a follower of Jesus does. And uh, yeah, and there's many different ways other than the internship to do that. But it's not just taught, it's caught to be life, life on life. Number three, the church is the bride of Christ. So it, it is a body, but it's a bride. It's a story of the church is a story of a holy matrimony. That his bride, his people, one day, the groom. Revelation 19.7, let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come. Ultimate things, the marriage with the church and their groom, the lamb being Jesus, and his bride has made herself ready. We're preparing for a wedding. And those that are getting ready for a wedding, uh, I don't, is there a, a male term for bridezilla? What is it, groomzilla? Groomzilla, bridezilla is real thing. It's just nonstop. It's like if you buy a house and then you're prolific at Home Depot, Lowe's, you just, you just I didn't even know you knew how to use the hammer until you got a house and next thing you know, you got all these projects because you care about its ownership, you know, and it's hard not to think about and prepare, you know, a, a wedding is just this beautiful thing, two lives becoming one and of course we should put a to-do list for it and, but it gets out of hand and it gets out of hand because one of them calibrating it, if you apply that same type of energy for a second, which we were in it the same way, it's, it's, it's fun, it's, God, I think, loves that. But I, I just wonder at some level, though, how come that energy can't be in the ultimate energy, too, as a people, to be a church like that, with that level of preparation in our whole lives to say, oh, we're going to be married to Christ. In the same way we would get ready for a marriage is the same way we're getting ready as a people. Ephesians 5, look at this. This is where it compares uh, earthly marriage to the ultimate marriage. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And every guy wished it ended there. It's like, look, Scripture says submit to me. And this has been taken out of context. Men have uh, domineered and done a bad job for too long. Because look at this. For the husband is the head. Yeah, even as the is is. is as Christ is the head of the church, his body is himself its savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit and everything to their own husbands. And that's for the wife. But what happened first was how did Christ get his church? He got his church by the suffering sacrificial lamb who gave up his life. So if we want our wives to even submit, which is a, 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 a partnership, it's a Covenant, it doesn't mean one is better. It's, it's equal in worth, but, but different in authority and deeply uh, dependent on one another because we're helpless without doing that together when we're in marriage. And it says, husbands, though, you love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, so that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. No one has ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. So you think, okay, to apply it to a marriage, wives, submit to your husband, yeah, yeah. But it says husbands lead the way in dying to self, just like Jesus did. Okay, whoa, it's challenging. Don't worry, that won't be Father's Day. We'll celebrate men as well. 
31, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery, watch this, is profound. And I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and the wife sees that she respects her husband. Um, and for time's sake, I won't dive deep into it, but you know, have you ever wondered what heaven's going to be like? I think we've all wondered. What's heaven going to be like? I can't wait to go there. That's not the full picture. Heaven's coming here. It's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And everything we're doing, there's going to be a redeemed version that we can't even comprehend the level that it will be. But, at, but this is a type. It's a shadow. It's pointing to what will be eternal. So Christ came here, and he's going to return again because he's not trying to do something separate. It's like this. It's going to be the, it's going to be the stuff. It's going to reflect our day-to-day just like now, which is, okay, wait, what? You know, do you get to hoop in heaven? Do you get to do probably all kinds of it, but just can we, can we teleport? I don't, I don't know, but I know this. It's not ethereal, and it's not just as we've, we've even how movies have portrayed it. You know, you're just there without it being, no, there's going to be a physical reality to it um, when God makes all things new. It's like, whoa, just chew on that for a second. Think about that. So we're not just going there. Of course, we're caught up and uh, to be absent of the body is to be present with the Lord, and he's preparing a mansion and house, and but he's coming back with a new city. And so, yeah, it's really, it's really neat. So th- this passage speaks to marriages point to the ultimate marriage, which is whoa. So our marriages, get this, is a sign and wonder to the world that Christ is real. It's just a miracle. I want to see a miracle. Show me a marriage. <laughs> How many years we got there? Let's go, 29 and counting. We got anybody over, uh, who's over 29? Hand raise, hand raise. Who's over 29? Right here, what do we got? What do we got? 33? 30? All right, anybody more than 30? Who we got? Anybody more than 30? What? 32? What do we got? Any more than 32? Come on, somebody point it out for here. Is 32 the winner in the room? 39 back there? Your husband's not there? He needs to read this passage. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. There's probably a reason. It's all good. 39 though? Any more than 39 but the husband's not here? Why is it always the ladies here? Who else? You got to shout it out. Shout it out. Wait, what? 39 is the winner? What? Okay, 39? 43, thank you. I don't, because this is what happens in these moments. Then someone later is going to be like, didn't you hear the person in the third row? I'm like, no, I didn't hear them. And I, because we're about to celebrate just marriages in general and just honor kind of who won. <laughs> we won in Jesus. 43? All right, give it up for 43. That's amazing. <laughs> Crystal, where are we at in counting? What? 19. That was just a test. I was making sure you knew. <laughs> okay, number four, and we'll go through these last two ones. Uh, the church is biblical, meaning it's rooted and under the authority of Scripture. So it, it, it goes in sync with the Word of God. A church should never get out of sync in the Word of God. And yes, there's much interpretation um, about some of the non-essentials, but 
throughout all of history, uh, church history, that is, there's, there's, there's a, some key core essentials that we believe. And in the mag, you can see our statement of faith if you want to, but it's, it's just the good old-fashioned basics. We're rooted in the ancient, and yet we're uh, doing the day-to-day, believing for what God could do in the future. Um, but we genuinely believe that the Word of God is, like Second Timothy puts in chapter 3, all Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The point of Scripture is to equip and teach and change us, correct us. 1 Peter 1.25, the word of the Lord will remain forever. And this word is the good news that is preached to you. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, and we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a word of men, but as it really is. This is where you can every week wrestle with whatever teaching is present. Is this really the word of God or isn't it? That's good. No, one, no person's infallible. But then to wrestle and say, is that word? Is that the word of God? And it says, which is at work in you believers, in us. And number five, this is kind of where the rubber meets the road as a church. The church has order. It has structure. And servant leaders, that's key, to equip. Because we aren't ultimate leaders. Any leader here in the church, everyone has authority. And I, sub, I submit, even though I have authority in the church, I still submit um, to one another in each different departments. Now, I could override in, um, in some of the, the rooms or what's going on today, but I would first say who's the leader there. And all people that have authority are people that are under authority. And uh, to have, you know, board and to have pastors and elders around and people and, and, and the order and the structure. That's why God, he calls people, but, but he works through order. And the point of the order, though, is not to, to be controlling. It's to, to, to be sanctifying, to equip us. And then there's borders. There is doctrinal borders. Titus 1.5.9, this is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into what? Put into what? Order. And appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, this is the type of uh, leadership that should be present. The husband of one wife and his children are believers and not open to charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, God's stewards, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or drunken or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to what is trustworthy as, uh, the, the, to the trustworthy word as taught so that he might be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. That's why we're not here for my wisdom or your wisdom. We're here for God's wisdom, and we're all submitted to that. Period. And if one of us goes astray, it's like, that's hey, we love you, there's grace, but the, the, the higher order is what is God doing. That's the order, and that's the borders of what God is doing doctrinally. 
And then I won't go to it, but in Peter, uh, it says that Jesus is the chief shepherd. So we're under shepherds as leaders of people trying to do the best to equip people. Now it can uh, get warped and distorted and there's been much bad examples. But healthy is meant to equip and empower, not to domineer or control each one of us. So there's a healthy relationship, though. There's a tension there. And not to be abused with, with, with over-policing um, and coming in and trying to make it a, a, a me show. But the other side to that is, the other extreme, is where there is no checks and balances. You know, and someone's like, man, I heard from God. I'm just going to start my own thing. Like, yeah, maybe. Oh, da, da, da. Who else is signing off on that? I don't need anybody. I got God. God works through the church, the people, you and me. Pick up the phone. Does this look wise? Anyways, that's more energy I can give the interns. I'm just kidding. Someone in the crowd was like, give us more. And somebody else was like, this has been way too long. We're reading the Bible forever. I don't even know what's happening still. All right, here's what's happening. Um, we talked about five truths of the church. And why are we a good news church? Because the good news of Jesus Christ is our central vision at City Life for everything we do and who we are at, at City Life. How can that be so? We think the answer to every issue in the world and in our own lives is to marvel at the gospel of what Jesus has done. How is that possible? Same way Ephesians 5 taught us about how a marriage could work. How could a business work? Let's just go look at the life of Jesus and all of Scripture that points to him and Scripture that points back to him and the Holy Spirit working through each one of me and you and the gospel. It's not a program. It's a message that is transformative, that has the power to transform our lives. So I end with that message today that apart from Jesus, we are dead in sin. And dead people can't make themselves alive. They need someone to help make them alive. And Jesus loved us enough to lay down his life to pay the price you and I could never pay because how sin separates us from God. And that by putting our faith in him, in his finished work on the cross, but not just the cross, the resurrected one, Jesus, who said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. That if anyone comes to me, I will know why it's cast them out. But I come to give life and give life more abundantly. And not a God that's just coming in to fix everything, but fix an ultimate thing which is the final enemy you and I face, the grave. And that in Jesus Christ, because of the grace of God, the gift that we've received, to even be in the church, to be a church, to be in his family, we can't boast or brag because we didn't purchase it or buy it. Who are we? We're people that have been set free. He did not come for the healthy. He came for the sick. And that each one of us, whenever we hear that message, we've got to think, is that true or isn't it? Is he a way? Is it a message? Or is he the way? And so the teaching here 
is rooted in that. Everything we do is just, that is central. Even the videos, you might notice, you know, the team does a creative, they do an amazing job creatively to try to, you know, engage us. But it's flowing from a place that it is finished. Christ is victorious. Because if the video worked or it didn't, tetelestai. The good news is, he won, it's done. We can be one. And now we are the church. Sent with the power of the Holy Spirit to be witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Wow. We marvel of what we get to be a part of. It's real. It's so real that I would have told you this message before I ever got on stage. And it's still the message that while I'm on stage, I'm convicted by the words that I'm sharing. I feel like I'm submitted to them, not feel I am. Lecrae has a little clip we're going to end with here, um, talking about the church. And since we've done a few different... work in progress. <laughs> Aren't you grateful, though, that God's patient with you? Right? Let's be a church that when Jesus returns, we've done our best to prepare as people that are just surrendered. Here's how we'll connect uh, in the body here. We pray that people will become a member. We pray that people will serve the bride. We pray that people would want to grow and, and, and be discipled. And a tool is what we have as groups here. And lastly, we, we pray, just as uh, Jerome prayed, that dollars would be It would be focused on impacting people. Why God built, built, built weakness in the equation for um, like a level of stewardship and generosity, it's, it's sometimes a mystery to me, but yet I, I do see the holiness in it because it's genuinely being like each one of us where we're at, how can we do our part? And again, I keep feeling this tension to ex, ex, like say sorry for the bad examples, you know, and, Maybe you've seen so many bad examples, and I'm not saying we're perfect, but just because you saw a bad example doesn't mean you gave up with the whole thing. If you had a bad teacher, it didn't mean the whole university was bad. If you dated a, uh, uh, you know, a bad, you're in a bad relationship, doesn't doesn't mean the next one will be right. And I don't know where, when you see these four things, how you think or how you feel about them. There is a blanket of grace and peace and patience, but there is a belief here as a people to get unlocked for the season ahead of who we are. This is how the rubber can meet the road. 
I'm gonna make City Life my home. I wanna become a member. I'm gonna go to this QR code. You know, I wanna start investing time. I go to this QR code and I wanna join a group as you walk out or if you're online on the website, as you walk out, you'll get a QR code to join the type of groups, check the menu out. If you're online, you can go to the link. And then lastly, to give. You might have not had, even had time to prepare to give while Tina was sharing, but maybe you're challenged or inspired. Uh, if you're in the room, you could go to the Connect Center in the hallway. You can go back online. I pray that we would just do whatever the Lord wants us to do. And so let's take a moment and just ask him. God, we ask you for your heart, for your bride. We don't want to connect and just do stuff because we feel like we have to. We want to know the why, who we are, a royal priesthood, who we are, called out ones, who we are, the body of Christ, who we are, the bride of Christ. God, if there's people here listening to the sound of my voice or even tuned in that have not repented and turned from their sin and given their life to you and just said, I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the way. Take my life, make me brand new. I pray right here in this moment, they would just say that in their heart, say that out loud wherever they're at and just whatever's going on and say, God, take my life. Here I am. And then God, we commit and we submit. We want to follow you all the days of our life. We want to tap in and connect with all that you're doing. And we recognize that you want to use the bride. And that's me and you. Give us a heart of how we can do that here. We know we're not the church, God, but we are a church in the church. And we pray that City Life will be the church that you want it to be. And our vision here at City Life, that we will be a good news church, God. Proclaiming the good news of Jesus. The bad news is horrific. That's what makes the good news that tremendous. Hallelujah. Got to pray for everybody in the room. If their mom's present, God, that they would celebrate or create a memory. And if their mom isn't even not present, but maybe not even here anymore, God, that you will meet each one of us where we're at. We thank you for what you're doing right here, right now. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. I know that was a lot and you can check the podcast out later. You can Go back into that. Look at some of those passages. And we're going to continue to inch along uh, in, through the magazine. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next week. Have the best Mother's Day of your life. We'll be here 10 a.m. and 11.30. All races, all faces, and all ages, you belong here. We're going to keep loving this city one life at a time. And we won't stop until Jesus comes back for his bride, us, and he makes all things new. Love y'all. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. To get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.